Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How was the shededs thing? <laughs> that appeared in my ears. That appeared in my ears. That appeared in my ears. My ears. That appeared in my ears. My ears. That appeared in my ears for years. That's why I hear what appears in my ears. How's the shithead thing? Uh, How was that shithead thing? Uh, uh, I can't hello. talk about it. Oh, wow. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the <laughs> show where... That feels like... You're all right. Great. We try and come, come up, up with... with five sketch, sketch ideas. ideas. Matt's cottoning on because yeah. that is... Joining us in the tank uh, is, um, uh, is Renaissance Man. Yes. Okay. Uh, man uh, for all seasons. Man for all seasons. Uh, um, summer. Encino Sporting. Man. Sorry. Encino Man. Mosquito Man. Entrapped in ice. All four seasons. Trapped in ice. <laughs> oh, that's a good. That's a good way of describing people who are addicted to meth. Yes. They're Encino Men. Because yeah. they're trapped in yeah. ice. And I tell you what, now that we're going to have sub-zero temperatures uh, at like in midwinter in the Arctic, it's going to be a, a, a golden age for Encino men, right? Like, wait, wait, surely they'll be everywhere. You mean, you mean, what's the opposite of sub-Arctic, right? The oh, sub-zero. no, sorry, plus zero. Yeah. Right. That's I was going to say, is, are, we, are we all of a sudden getting colder in the Arctic? No, I was thinking Mortal Kombat. Okay. Oh, Sub-Zero, yeah, the mortal, temperatures. mortal... You weren't thinking com- of the 1992 character. Melbourne Cup winner, the grey Sub-Zero. Except in the sense that I am always thinking of yeah. the 1992 Melbourne Cup winner, the grey Sub-Zero. Um, but, but, but no, I was thinking of... Anyway... Uh, what is what is the what what are your thoughts on uh, the uh, the non sub zero temperatures in the Arctic? Anyone anyone scared? Now well, that I've just heard of them, yes. Yeah, I they said they were fifty degrees above average. Average. <laughs> that, I mean, and normally it everyone wants you to be above average. You absolutely. Know? There's all this pressure on kids and temperatures to be above average. So, are we finding out that there's no land up there at all. Is there no land up there? Is it all? I don't all think we're ice? fighting out. I don't think we're fighting out. I think we know. There's no land. Under no the land. Arctic. But there's land under the water, though, I, right? I thought I learned that in in primary school. Oh, is fifty above? Like, I mean, it's all relative. Is that high? Like, what are we talking fractionally? Is that a big jump? <laughs> fifty degrees. Yeah, fifty degrees above normal. Is that a lot? I, I guess. I, well, I mean. Wh- I guess, as you say, it is all relative. So, what kind of a normal temperature range do you spend your life in, Matt? Oh, look at the at the high. I mean, I don't track it, so yeah. I don't know exactly. But I would estimate. I'm, and I'm also mm-hmm. not a scientist. I should say that that yes. off, the, sure. off the top. Oh. But I would say probably between you know negative a hundred and plus three, three or four hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Well, that is. I agree. I mean, that's probably the range yeah, that I'm in as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Okay. I, was, I mean, I was being a little bit 
probably conservative. Well, conservative in your yeah. estimate. Well, you don't want to look like a fool. Yeah, because I it probably realistically, if I was going to have a real crack at it, it would okay. probably be negative ninety up to positive three hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so thank yeah. you. <laughs> so what's that in Kelvin? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Is okay. Kelvin involved in this? Is Kelvin. that where Kelvinator fridges are from? That's where the Kelvinator. <laughs> I what, didn't even realize that. I reckon that's what his number one thing was. Mate, he invented white goods. Lord wait, Kelvin. Wait, wait, wait. So Kelvinator, though, mm-hmm. like, was that? Does that mean that some really lame guy came mm. up with that brand? Like um, a guy who gave himself. Like, is it post Terminator? I think it was. Or did or did the Terminator get its inspiration from, <laughs> from the, the Kelvinator? <laughs> I think that's much more likely. Somebody looked at like their fridge, their Kelvinator, and said, "Imagine if this was trying to kill me." From the future. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, "Well, if it was, it would probably make all my food go sort of warm, so the bacteria would form, and then I would die of uh, food poisoning." Food poisoning. Is there a movie in that? And then, of course. It got picked up, but then the bloody executives got their <laughs> claws got into their it, you know, got their it. notes in and said, well, you know, the fridge just sitting there slowly warming up your pastizzi. Mm. I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like the kind of dramatic stuff that we are, we're looking for at the studio. And of course, the, the other, you know, the other, the T2000 or whatever, that T2000. guy, he was, um, he was, he was another, he was another fridge, <laughs> but it was, you know, because he's got that liquid ability. So it was all soup. It was uh, in a big f- soup kitchen, <laughs> and so, and so he was trying to kill the Terminator with, because you know the Terminator, like you know the well the Terminator was another fridge, but yeah. they would spill the soup into the gears. Honestly, the, this uh, would have worked so much better if you'd gone with my microwave idea, Alistair. No, 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 no. <laughs> Because he, it's a liquid. Oh, you're working so hard. The gears, there's no gears in a fridge. It's an automatic door on the on the Terminator. I mean, it's a fridge from the future. You're not going to open your own door if it's th- the year three thousand. I think I think there's a sketch in the idea of if you listen, it's a microwave. If you listen to as <laughs> thank you. If you listen to as many uh, podcasts as I do about screenwriting yeah which is none at the moment but i used to listen to a lot uh then they always complain about studios and the executives and getting their notes and how they'd always you know you got to try and pretend that you're taking them on board and then they never really do and that's all they're all idiots because they're all executives and they don't know anything but i think something if we if we could somehow get a sketch where the original pilot the original draft of the script for terminator was about a fridge i'm about a microwave. Well, no, the Terminator was a fridge, and then the Terminator 2 was a microwave, Alice. You're being deliberately obfuscation. I know I'm being a microwave. <laughs> oh. <I'm laughs> deliberately. Oh. Boop. 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 Oh, sorry, Andy. I've got to get my food out of, <laughs> of the being, microwave, which is just cooking. flatlined, apparently. <laughs> My food died. My dinner's my dinner's dead. Yeah, no, I was microwaving a um, a a a chicken that was on life support, and uh, it's now dead. It's just flatlined, so I can I can eat it. Thank God. Yeah, I don't eat. I'll eat chicken, but not not while it's still alive. Imagine as soon if, as it dies. Imagine the fridge instead of it being a fridge where everything's already dead, right? 
all the foods already, all the fruits already been plucked, all the chickens have already been hatched. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, <laughs> it was it was a tiny little farm, right? But but a little it... vertical farm. It's been consolidated in there, so you've got a little. <laughs> we've got a shelf where the chickens are running around. So it does, but it does it cold. And so, in a, the, do you think that it what what it is is that it's for the pe- person who thinks that maybe the farming process is too fast? <laughs> you want to slow down the slow farming it process down by cold, like you know, making it cooler. The so growth you know, of yeah. I hate that when you plant an apple seed that within. 15 to 20 years, <laughs> you've got full, mature, adult <laughs> apple trees and too many apples. Or I hate that, you know, you just have a baby chicken, right? And then before you know it, you've got several thousand chickens in a sort of a battery operation producing eggs. And I wish there was some way we could slow down that pro-chess. Could we make... The what? The pro-chess. Pro-chess. That's how you pronounce Okay, sorry. I got process. It. I you. didn't know that. Is it like Christina Ritchie? Yeah. <laughs> how many I'll pronounce it Christina Pro-chess. <laughs> uh, so is there a sketch in that? No. Okay, 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 okay. There's definitely not a sketch in that. Right. right. You you have written something down on the pad, though, Alistair. Did you yeah, write two in the about, thick tech? No, no, I've written down the Terminator script was originally about a Kelvinator fridge. <laughs> and then the execs got their hands on it. Yeah. That's good. Right. I think that's really good. I, 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 I think there's almost something about... And, and I don't know who would want to li- watch or listen to this, but there's definitely something about a group of... People getting together and talking, you know, a group of writers getting together and talking about the studio executives and just how much they improved their script. You know, like I, I came mm. to them with, you know, and I'd been working on this thing for years, you know, and I've had a lot of success on other projects. And I came to them with a script that was total garbage, total garbage, and. And then those are bloody executives. You know what they're like. They've only got their claws into it, and uh, soon enough, and a bloody. Uh, but the, uh, the the bird whose uh, claws that they got into it must it was have a golden been... eagle, and it soared to the bloody stars. I got an Oscar Meyer Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in uh, Back to the Future, initially the the time machine was going to be a fridge. I no. Said, I think that's right. And then eventually it turned into a car. Because of the executives? I think that's right, yeah. I think it was because wow. of uh, the executive, Cindy Scheinberg, who was a producer. Oh, it's a big a big feature of your podcast, Matt, Do Go On. Sydney yeah, Scheinberg is a recurring know, character. One of the few things I know about. And you don't seem to be sure about it as well. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> at some point, then Sydney Scheinberg went from a real person into a character in yep. our show that I don't know where it where the Reality real real Scheinberg starts. He was the, the one who came up with some really weird name for the Yeah, he, the movie, he, he right? wanted Back to the Future he's like, it's never gonna work. What you want to call it is um Spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like uh, look and somehow they, they replied to him like 
That is a very funny joke. Sort of like going, we're going to defuse this by pretending you were joking. Wow. I wonder if if that's a strategy that could be used in other forms of negotiation. Say if you've got, you know murderers in your house not murderers sorry murderers is a bit strong but like armed burglars certainly who have killed you <laughs> who have well, killed many people they they have a look in their eye like maybe they've got done some equally or worse things in the past and uh worse things than murder then double murder well yeah that, that is, is worse. worse yeah murders certainly accumulate but then they also plateau, I reckon. No, but what about if you do another, like if you do one murder, so so that's equal to another person's murder, say, right? Yep. It's equal in every way to yep. another another murder that somebody else's, but you do it in a really awful shirt, <laughs> you see? And in a way, isn't that worse? See, this is like my idea of heroin that tastes like turkey. Yeah. Is that better? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think that is better. Yeah, it's yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. I think that's open shut. Maybe. So... Like a murder, but that is done in bad taste or bad fashion. Yeah, well, well, like, like for example, like I think that you can make yourself a better person by by just putting on a really good hat. You're definitely not worse, right? If it's a really good hat, right? Yep. So, by that <laughs> logic, <laughs> that excellent logic, you can make yourself worse you by could, taking off a really good hat. Yeah, let's say so. So yeah, if it was two people doing an exact murder, one was wearing a good hat, one was not. But then, but the same thing could happen if one was wearing a really bad hat or a bad shirt. So or, or what? Sandals. What about if the person they killed was wearing a really good hat? <laughs> oh yeah, wow, good shirt, yeah. <laughs> that sort of cancels out the goodness of yeah. your hat. Yeah. Unless they, they do it in order to take the hat. Take the hat. And then they're wearing two great hats. <laughs> and them that even adds better. up as well. Yeah. It's like yeah. a double murder. Yeah. But, the, <laughs> no, but Because then also there's kind of more justification for the murder. Right. Like if somebody's wearing a good hat and you would need that hat, if the hat's really good, I think it's more acceptable. I think we would yeah. all understand. Yeah. That's a good murder. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like a judge <clears throat> would, would find it hard to... He's saying, mate, this is a terrible thing that you've done. And, um, I mean, by the you know, book. It's, it's obviously, it's my job to sentence you here, but let's just say on your head, be it. A and great hat. A great hat. A great hat. Congratulations <laughs> on your achievements. And by that, I mean a great hat. Um, it, it, would this, though, would this come in, would this be up to the jury or would this be in the sentencing, do you think, that the judge would take into account mitigating factors? It's not, it's not necessarily yeah. a guilty or not guilty thing, but it is come does come down to the, you know, how long are you going to be doing time or in wearing, Choki or, or the big house? Or getting to wear the hat. Or getting to wear the does hat. Does that come into it in the well, sentencing? I, mean, you know, once I sentence you hat, to maybe we just two years the without the hat. Without the hat. <laughs> And that is a brutal punishment in a lot of ways. I mean, depending on how good the hat is. This is, you know, a thing that does come up, and this is maybe a bit grim, but there's, you know, sometimes a horrible thing happens or people do some particular crime, and part of, you know, part of their defense will be, look, I think they've already suffered enough, you know, just having committed this crime, having, you know, been in the public eye because of this, that I think that, you know, they obviously feel bad that punishing themselves more than we could ever <laughs> hope to punish them you know yeah. and can you take that into account well, i guess that would be particularly relevant if you were killing a person for a hat a good hat mm. right and then you lost the hat but yeah or you got <laughs> blood on the hat 
or something like that, and it kind of was like unwearable. <laughs> yeah, so that's a really nice white hat. Yeah. yeah, it was a good white hat. Yeah, yeah. like a. <laughs> I think. Okay, I'm really now on board with this. <laughs> I've been holding back for a little while on this concept, <laughs> but I'm 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 all in, and I think the court case in which <laughs> someone has murdered somebody. Over a really nice hat. <laughs> and they're, uh, are they wearing a nice hat as well? They were already wearing a nice hat. <laughs> they were already wearing a nice hat. They murdered this person for an even nicer hat. You see? And obviously, we, you as the jury, will be tempted to sympathise with the victim here because <laughs> when they were murdered, they were wearing a very nice hat. But... I implore you to take into account that after the murder, that same very nice hat was worn by the accused. <laughs> and surely, <laughs> if this hat is as good as you say it is, then it transfers its goodness to whomsoever shall wear it. I think that's watertight. Yeah. yeah. A good hat would not discriminate. And I think also the fact that he was wearing a really good hat before makes it seem like he's a... He's kind of a victim of his own good taste. Right. That you can see how good a taste he had based on the hat that he was wearing mm-hmm. from the CCTV mm-hmm. footage that, uh, from before the murder. <laughs> and you can see it's that same good taste that has driven him to murder this person for this even better hat over yes. here that you can see the victim was once wearing. But now... Uh, we... As mere people who have ordinary hats and ordinary can still see hat. this hat as a very, very good hat. But I ask you to put yourself in the shoes, the tasteful shoes, of a good hat-wearing man. A man with stronger taste than any of us here. Imagine how good the good hat would have looked unto him. <laughs> Imagine the pull and the desire to kill. <laughs> who amongst us... <laughs> can truly say that if we had been him and had done this, we wouldn't have done it for a good reason. I rest my hat. And I'm the judge. So... <laughs> the judge is up. Imagine... The judge is up pleading for one side of the case. And if I, the judge, am saying this, imagine... The persuasive arguments that the defence would have come up with. A man who is paid to defend this man. This I good hat wearing man. Here I am, coming off, uh, coming up with this stuff off the top of my head. My bare head that doesn't even have a good hat on it. The best thing on this head, on the top of my mind, is this argument. <laughs> and this wig. And this, of course. Shameful wig. <laughs> And you just pull out a little bit further and he's wearing a really nice hat. You <laughs> didn't even that. know it. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's great. It's a great hat. <laughs> I, I At the very least, it's a very good hat. Uh, we might have got up, we'll come up with a, a good sketch here, but we've hypothesized a fantastic a very hat. Good hat. I can only imagine how good this hat is. No. And I can't. I think a long time ago, me and Andy and and then possibly also Matt, but I don't know if Matt was here when we, we were talking about this, but we, we spoke about how we don't think that there's any, like, it's almost like a rev, there was an epiphany, maybe a revelation, right? That there was no such thing as bad ideas. Yes. Right? And of course, things look like really bad ideas, but I think sometimes an idea is so put a bad. Hat on them. <laughs> sometimes an idea is so bad that you just gotta, like, elab- <laughs> like elaborate on it. <laughs> 
<laughs> is this how this show normally goes? Yeah. I think you, just, so. you just search. You just chase and chase. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, well so good. But we don't, yeah, like... Because I listen, obviously, to the oh, show. Oh, sure. But I don't remember ever hearing an episode where you've chased an idea like this for so long. Yeah. And I'm so glad to be here. Well, we're really happy. And I, I don't think <laughs> anyone's pointed this out yet, but Matt is wearing a hat right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been often glancing to it for inspiration <laughs> during... That prior discussion, those bits where I was being the judge, I've been often trying. my eyes would rest upon Matt's very nice hat. That's I've been nice trying hat. to not let it distract me, because <laughs> I've been picturing a much better hat. I don't think I could have pictured the, the, this man murdering somebody over a hat with that hat in mind. I've had to work very hard to block it from my mind. What kind of I've, hat are you picturing? I'm, oh, a white hat see, I'm, I'm with picturing a black a hat band around that's it. That's really quite normal. I don't think it's even, like, maybe we as the audience can't quite see what's so wonderful about this hat. We just have to trust the judge that he knows what it is. I also would like him to, at some point, ask the um, the prosecution to bring the hat up to the bench so that he can inspect it a bit closer, maybe quite early on in the sketch. And then he's like, it's a very good hat. That is a very good hat. That's a fine hat. I know, but ladies and gentlemen I, of the jury, would anyone else like to have a look at this hat? There's a part of me that feels like I can't, I can't allow that. You don't want the hat to be seen. Well, no, I do want it to be seen, but I feel like, I mean, I I know you were only joking when you had the judge giving the arguments, but for that to be a reveal, like that for the whole time you think that this person is the lawyer <laughs> until <laughs> until you pull back and you see his robes and everything like that i you know obviously in my mind so like, you're it, picturing a really tight shot that's perhaps just <laughs> maybe the the mouth maybe the mouth and the eyes yeah just above no, the brow it has it to be cannot... happening in a place where where the judges don't wear those stupid wigs to be honest i don't even take the australian justice system seriously because of the wigs you know they recently they banned those in victoria they they, they, they came down and said we're not going to wear those they make us look a bit silly but there were some lawyers who said who protested and said we're going to keep wearing the I love wigs that kind of rebellion mm. yeah I mean, these are lawyers who's who obviously eat and breathe justice yeah. and injustice. So they know. They know. <laughs> they know. They when know something when un- unjust is happening. Indeed. Injust. Injust. Ingest. Mm. Oh. You surely you're ingest because this is unjust. That was wordplay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't normally point out. Oh, I wish you said one. it. Yeah. No, you don't think Sorry so. about that. Oh, no, no. I started it. No, it's just because I had nothing else to say. But I, I... the word is well. I'm a, I only pointed out because I wasn't fully sure if unjust or unjust was right. But I'm pretty sure now, unjust is the word. Okay, is that right? Well, no, Matt. But see, what you don't realise is that I am wiser now and I realise that you are always right about these things and uh, But I'm not sure. Well there's injustice, right? Yes. And uh but I think something is unjust. Right. But if it is an is un- there, injustice. Is yes. there unjustice? 
<laughs> I believe this sentence, the previous sentence, was a, a perfect example of unjustice. <laughs> so something that is not funny. Not funny. Yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely trying to be. Um, well so, then, Alistair, I suppose it. the ball is in your cut. To pr- your cut. <laughs> That was a brutal ball judgment. Man, ball man coming. Ball's in the cart. So the ball is in your court to people, say something that is funny. Um, if you're going to sit there and say, that last sentence was a not funny sentence, you're setting yourself up as the arbiter. You know how there's and people... you're not even wearing a fucking good hat. So, so let's say, you know, Jeez. like, there's, there's, the, um, there's people like these, these wig-wearing uh, lawyers who, who refuse to give up on the wig. Yeah. Um, there would have been people along the way, you know, in in all of history, I suppose. Absolutely. Uh, where technology stood up for injustice, yeah. against injustice. <laughs> no, but... Who said this will not stand? No, but where and, where you know we would have laughed at them at the time when the women sought the vote and that sort of thing. You yeah. know, and, I would have laughed. And now laughed these are lawyers. It <laughs> is wa- a funny idea. Lawyers who want to wear wigs. What a anyway. Well, I mean that is a weird thing. First of all, that that they would have had to at some point made the decision to start wearing the wigs. <laughs> that, that is very funny. <laughs> I, I, I reckon, like, I, I, I think about this sometimes where judges and, and mm. religious types, people in power, start weird traditions like that. Mm. And I reckon when it's wigs or something like that, it's because the guy in power is bald. Yeah. Probably, yep. right? And i got no problem with that, but that is the reason. It's like, now everyone has to wear this, right? That is now, why... Justice is blind, so surely justice would not care if you're balding. I think that's fair. But I maybe mean, justice also has like very good at like feeling your head, or maybe has developed some kind of echolocation, Alistair, and is able to, <laughs> through a series of clicks. Or do you determine... think justice has arms as well? <laughs> the long arm of the law. The yeah. long arm. Okay, that's one law. They arm. use it to sort of reach around and pat people on the face and head. Yeah. I can tell if you're bald. Well, that's this, that's the crazy thing about justice is that it's this weird sort of <laughs> it's immaterial, with one long arm. immaterial ball <laughs> that is with blind. <laughs> <laughs> it comes and it feels. And it touches your face to see what you resemble. Things like this, I can get an idea about you. Just justice, like just. Just handling all your evidence and just leaving through all your papers. You got to have everything in. What's that? You know, braille. In braille. You know, <laughs> touching all your food because it doesn't realize it's not evidence. Like it's just. Anyway, it's putting its fingers in your coffee. Justice is a jerk. Yeah. No, but it's blind. You're, okay. You're, well, you're, so mean, you forgive it, but yeah, you forgive <laughs> justice due to its blindness, but. You would never feel pity for it because it would really resent you. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, um, I think a lawyer who is so desperate to defend his client, there's so few options available for defense that says, look, this, this is a long shot, but I'm going to wear a wig. It's the first lawyer to wear a wig. <laughs> so you think it's as it's an attempt to win it? Well, like, I you mean, don't think it was... I guess it's... it's it, it would good. be equally as weird if somebody just started saying, do you think we should just start wearing wigs? But not just wigs, like white wigs. White, like, sort of curly, thick wigs. From like <laughs> old people with lots of hair that have had a severe perm, but real tight. <laughs> matted. Matted perm. Like, and then like sort of split 
near the shoulders that folds out a bit. And then a couple of rat tails yeah. down the back like that have been braided. Your, your, your case, sir, is, is so bad and there is so little I can say in your defence that all I can hope to do is distract the jury during a... the prosecution. Wait, is this just the hat sketch again? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. This is totally different. Alistair, the hat sketch was about a man who is murdered because of his good hat. And that's something we can all relate to. We can say, he probably brought it on himself. Oh, this may be victim blaming, but look at it. You don't go out in a hat like that. Who could, who could resist? Right, this is a different case. Maybe a murder in which the victim was not wearing a hat, so the case is not so open and shut, right? The, the defence isn't as clear. And so... <laughs> The, the, it's a, it's the, a the, much tougher situation. The, for... Was he the just the the the, the lawyer is a furious in his client? Tell me, you got to give me something here. You got to tell me at least he was wearing a nice hat. Tell me, you say that you killed him for no reason, not even a good hat. Well, maybe I'll try and wear a good hat <laughs> right. during the court case. No. I'll wear a wig. To distract them from his, it's not because it's a good wig. It's because it's a silly wig. Awesome. He's trying to be, try, he's trying to do something so out of the box, like he's, from deep he's, down in the box of the lawyer's box of tricks. He's peacocking. He's yeah. peacocking. That's, That's it. the kind of thing. It's like, well, just how confident is this guy? Look at his, how confident yeah. he is he's even yeah. wearing that wig. Right. <laughs> he obviously he like knows a... <laughs> that he's on the right <laughs> he, side. He, of he this. looks like he can afford to look so stupid. His case must be so watertight. I don't need to listen to another word. Yeah. This man is not guilty. And then the guy stands up. Maybe the whole jury stands up as in unison and shouts not guilty before they've even been asked to deliver their verdict. Really early on. Maybe we hear the internal monologues of the, the, the members of the jury as they look at the lawyer in the, in the wig. <laughs> Like it just pans across and you hear their voices. Yeah, and then we see the you know obviously the prosecution, who is really smartly dressed, and then they 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 look at him and they're like he looks like he's taking himself very seriously. He's trying a bit too hard. Why does he need to you know dress up so nice to impress? Why us doesn't he his... wear a funny wig? <laughs> <laughs> and so what has he got to hide? He doesn't have a leg to stand on. It's such. A successful win. Exactly, and that's why all... That everybody has to start wearing those wigs. It's like an arms race, you know, and each week they come in with a tighter perm and the, a... F- <laughs> the only way that they could neutralise that argument was by everybody wearing the wig. Exactly. Yeah, it's like mutually assured destruction. Everyone has to have nuclear weapons so that nobody uses nuclear weapons. Where everyone has to be wearing a wig to cancel out the, uh, the effects of the wig. Look, it works. It works for me. Anyway, let's... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
come up with another court. Okay, all right. The first person to say, I rest my case. Yeah. And the people are like, what are you talking about? What case? Arrest. A box. Arrest. Where are you resting? Why is it tired? Arrest my case. Look, I'm... I'm your, your, your briefcase. <laughs> They've never heard these words before when? put together. <laughs> they don't know what you mean. He's got a briefcase with him. It's not that crazy to assume. Yeah. Okay, no, I'm just... No, no, I, I, I gave you that now. And you, uh, you, you, you took it for a walk. Yeah, why are you, why are you letting us know you're... Bailing out. You're putting your briefcase down, Al. Yeah. Uh, for a rest. Oh, is you, do you make your... Do you give your briefcase naps? <laughs> what is this guy, the new I'm guy? Gonna not guilty! I'm going to start. I'm going to start. I'm going to start giving my re- briefcase That's naps. a rest. A rest. I don't know if that one caught on as much. No, it's because I, mean, like, I didn't could, say it. No, but you know what I mean. Like, like it could be that there's a lawyer that. That's why they all them. say it. That's why they all say I rest my case because so many people were saying I rest my case. It was confusing the jury. No, but they realized that they didn't need to actually put their briefcase down for a nap. Because <laughs> they could just say it. Yeah, they could just say it, and the jury will believe anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't understand the law. <laughs> the jury's standing there thinking, "I don't know. If I, I sympathise with this this prosecutor. Um, he he seems like he could be the kind of cruel man who would keep his briefcase up and running about all hours of the day. I'm seeking some kind of reassurance that he's not a, a vicious. A guy who does that would probably wouldn't defend an defend innocent man. An innocent or... man yeah. <laughs> So you just need to go out there and say, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, before you go to the verdict, just know... I'm not an animal. I'm not an animal. <laughs> I, rest I rest my, my case. case. <laughs> Same as the next man. Yeah, I can, I can really relate to that guy. <laughs> oh, good. He's not even talking about doing it at the time. He's like, I just want you to know... That in general... When I get home... Yes. At, you know, at some point... I'm so empathetic that I not only... Give respite to animals and humans. I also give respite to inanimate objects. To to luggage. <laughs> luggage. <laughs> I mean, who amongst us is not deserving of respite? I mean, <laughs> Even the merest animal of the field. Nay, <laughs> the luggage the on the lug- rack. The backpack or the briefcase. <laughs> Even the satchel. <laughs> Down to the smallest pouch. Kangaroo, like kangaroo, kangaroo. Not, not kangaroo pouch, but you know, you know, there's that kang- those pouches made of kangaroo mm, scrotums. Are they actually made of? Scrotums? Yeah, I very much doubt they're actual scrotum. You think That's they're actual scrotum? Well, why would? How do you get away with saying it if it's not? I know, but what are you? Are, are you throwing away the rest of the hide? Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most wasteful <laughs> industry in the world, actually. <laughs> The, like 95% of the wow. beast is in the bin. I mean, they could even use the meat, but this, they don't. this industry doesn't allow it. it well, there's no value in it. It's just so it. profitable. Yeah, they make so much from the scrote, they don't need to. <laughs> Into the bin. It's like, you know, it's like uh, sweet potato, 90% of the nutrients are in the skin. You know, kangaroo. 90% of the, of the value is in the scrote. <laughs> in the scrote. You know, a lot of people, we, we didn't used to realise how much value was in the scrote. We would just throw that away like you would peel a potato, but mm. uh, sweet potato. But um, 
Oh, what? Uh, sweet potato. Sweet potato. Uh, <laughs> sweet potato, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, beautiful sweet potato. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, it's a beautiful kangaroo scrot. So they... They... <laughs> they, um, they cull... They cull kangaroos. We have decided that because of overpopulation of kangaroos, we've got to sh- go out there and shoot them. But we could just descrote them. Yeah. Right. And and then sell the scrote for a large value. Let the kangaroo hop off. <laughs> and um, well, you know, there's much less cruelty. Like <laughs> just ripping the scrotum off and letting him. I never said rip. I never said. I never used the word rip. rip. No, rip is a terrible sorry. way of removing a scrotum. Sorry, yeah, sorry. How were you talking about getting the scrotum? <laughs> you just coax it out of them. Oh, coax you it. just talk it off. Talk you it just, off. You Come convince on. them hey, to give it up themselves. You sort of when it's just standing there perched. Mm. You, what up, you do is you, you go out there with a briefcase and a really nice hat and you just convince them <laughs> to give it you up. You deserve it. Um, but it, there could be a sketch in the idea that this is how that industry is run and there's a guy coming in who's like an efficiency guy who's trying to turn it around. He's trying to turn this... Now, I know that this is how we normally do things. So you throw we, it away. We catch the, the kangaroo. We cut off the scrot. Right, I mean, we kill it, we cut off the scrot, we dump the body just in the open land or in in the woods where we found it, right? Yeah. But recent, you know, there doesn't have to be recent uh, developments in technology. I don't know why I was going to say that, but I felt like I still had to say it just so that you know why I stopped talking. Um, you know, we've we've discovered that uh, there are some efficiencies that maybe we're not making sure. the most of. Sure. Uh. The rest of the hide need not be wasted. What? No. I mean, even just the rest of the kangaroo's genitalia. I mean, you're not using it all. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you could start make... Start local. You could, you know, you could, <laughs> Work your you could way start out. making gloves. You could start making gloves, you know, like fingerless gloves, because I assume that they're... Like, circumcised. Well, <laughs> not, not that they're circumcised, but the, 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 the furry outer skin yeah. bit uh, would be just like a, like a finger sleeve. What I, what I just did was mistake um, being circumcised for dicks not having an, a way out. Yeah. Well, if you're not circumcised, obviously you'll be trapped inside <laughs> and your piss will pull inside your foreskin forever. It's not like a, a bigger stringer. You don't have to take the end off. Is that the bigger stringer? The, one of those cheese tubes that used to come with in sealed in plastic with a little metal bit on each end. Oh, and they basically oh, look no, the, like a knob. The stringer didn't have that, but no, you you may have stick. maybe this was a cheese that came to you in a dream. <laughs> dream cheese. Maybe maybe you dream of future cheese. Yeah, I've, metal at either end. That I've, does sound like the future. Cheese dreams. Yeah, like a, some kind of cheese test no, tube. It's basically sealed in like a salami, right? When you get them in those things. But I've never a had a salami with a metal end. Wow. Well, the future is going to be. I've seen the future, well, guys, I know, but, and it is bright. But it, it, it's very easy to imagine a future where these do exist, and and cheese and salami travels through tubes, <laughs> and it's, it's on tap in our homes, and it goes thunk, thunk, thunk like that. And just in front of you, there's a yeah. Oh, what's that Italian platter of of of, of like 
Oh, come on. The Colosseum. Gonna, uh, no, 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 say no, no. A, plowman, a, platter, but... a platter of food that, that is like... Uh, the Acropolis. No. <laughs> Italian. Silvio Berlusconi. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, um, the Vatican City. Yeah. A, you know, like in the walk boy, the, ba- the, the kid has it at, at school. Copacabana. But now it's something... You're closer than all of us. It's, oh, it's, no, no, you're thinking of <laughs> Cabana. Okay. Oh, do you think it was Copacabana? <laughs> it was down on the, the Copa. Copa, Copa Cabana. And it's all about a sausage. Anyway, that's dumb. This uh, <laughs> oh, that, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you, you, yeah, you nipped that uh, in the butt. Yeah, we find a fixed point upon which we can rest. What is, yeah, I mean, it's a platter anyway. Look, can a, we no, just... But, but what's it called? I... Alistair, okay, look, you get established. You go to an Italian know. place, right? It, it's got an your Italian salamis, place. It's got it's got like like yeah. cheese and and like dr- sun dried tomatoes. Antipasta. And Antipasta. Antipasta. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Pasta. When you were just talking about meat coming out of a tube and going, well, that's thunk, what I'm saying. Thunk. Is that it goes thunk 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 like that, and then you've got instant antipasto on tap. That is great. What a Hot world. and cold running meat. Yeah. How far into the future do you picture that? Uh, we could make it happen by 2019. So at the moment... <laughs> what the hell? Like, so before then we can go to zero energy you know, renewables. Absolutely. We could just... Look, there's a lot of area in the sort of where the copper pipes are being run that we could put sausage and cheese pipes. I think it is... I think there is definitely something in getting other things to the home, right? So we've got fibre to the home, mm-hmm. right? What about protein to the home? What about... Other words to do with food. Um, you know, we've got gas. I was in a town recently where they had signs up saying that we're currently supplying this town with natural gas. Currently. Why, why don't we have any pipes bringing uh, solids into Natural, the oats. like peaches. Um, peaches and oats. I think Pe- meat is the only funny one. You think so? Just like, yeah. But like a long... It's just an endless tube, like it's an endless cabana. Or yeah. a... you're twisting them off. Sausages at the end. You twist. Yeah. You... Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. Okay. Like it's like a sausage machine that comes into the home, and you can. Yeah. Oh. Right. Maybe you've got like a hose that goes out to the barbecue, and you've just squirt them out there onto the barbecue, twisting them off. Or, or, or for simplicity's sake, sake, you could just. It could just be like those kind of chorizos that don't have a skin. They just kind of look like right. they just, just might be just mints that just comes yes. out, and then you just cut yeah. it off. Or you just close the tap for a second. Well, what about like when kids bring a, when you when you fill up like a water bottle, a water balloon at the tap, right? You can bring a skin, uh, yeah, a, a sausage true. skin. You fill it up under the tap. People have meat fights as yeah. children. Yeah, and so <laughs> and that's good. And then there's also there's also kind of like a centrally controlled, government owned like um, like meat grinders and things like that. And yeah, right. just meat reservoirs. Yeah, and it just kind of is in the center in the catchment of catchment areas. Yeah. So you got meat restrictions at certain times of year. Oh yeah. no! Yeah. Well, I guess well, if there's a, if there's sort of an, if there's an animal drought, uh, this house is using grey mm. meat. Is there a way you can have a desalination plant for meat? Well, I guess you, the there's a lot of time. salted Fish. meat, like jerky and that sort of thing. That you've... <laughs> desalination <laughs> of jerky? Is it still near the ocean? Just yeah, for no yeah, yeah. Like that? And then on the and shore, then, and then people are just. Putting in bags and bags of jerky, where they're getting it from. I guess mostly in the outback, where people kind of do that. Millions of dollars to keep it running. I mean, because it's so inefficient to try to fill pipes with dry meat that takes very little space. I think I think this is probably my favorite thing we've ever come up with, and I think 
I would like to see it presented as a almost like a, a sort of a shiny infomercial, like 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 when they were um, bringing in the NBN and they had those campaigns to be like, you know, the the government is now rolling out fi- fiber to the home all across Australia, bringing faster and better na- national broadband straight mm. to your home. This is the national beef network. Yeah. Right. So it's still the NBN. It's still the NBN. <laughs> Save a little bit on advertising. Branding. It's already done. You could just use their logo. Yeah. I guess it's no good to just have like a sort of a cow being ground up into a thing <laughs> and then coming out as a tube. Like out of out of the, out, out of the tube. Uh, I think that's great. Oh, I think Germans would love this. Showing you, you have the cow, you have a cool logo that's sort of a cow and then it turns into just these streamers that sort of spread out. Mm, that's good. And then maybe form a map of Australia. Like a 1980s Commonwealth Games logo. Yes. Only with a cow. <laughs> I can picture that. Guys. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> 1980s Commonwealth Games logo. Is it, like, what you've done there is you've done, for me, not so much a reference as like a reference to a reference. Like, I, I can understand what you're saying because I've heard references before. I think the 80s was all... References. A thing turning into streamers of something else. What about the people who are worried streamers about... Streamers of... Not something else, just streamers. Just streamers. Streamers of a thing. What, what, what about that we're like worried... You know, in the 90s was a golden age for references. Obviously, looking back, we see that they put in the hard yards and they laid down a lot of groundwork for us to make many great references now. Sure. Right? And it was all the work that they did in the mm. 90s into making references. Like that is, gives content us... that was worth referencing. Exactly. I'm not even going to refer to content. I'm just okay. going to call references, right? Great. They're, they're, they're the found- that foundation of references. And I'm worried that we are now not doing enough to leave good references for... Because we're spending so much of our time just making references. Referencing. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So... We're, we're burning up the references. It's like, a, you know, it's like peak oil. It's like a natural resource. Yes, they've been laying them into the ground, fossilizing mm-hmm, references. Mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm. been digging them up. Yep. Burning and referring churning. Referring to them. <laughs> referring and burning and churning and referring and again. And referring. Uh, but not... Actually, laying any of our what own. What are we going to leave for our children and our children's children? Yeah, it's all. Everything is well. It's everything's looking back, right? What are we going to do when our grandchildren look up to us, look into our eyes, and say, "Dad, Granddad"? <laughs> if I'm, if my grandchildren look up into my eyes and say, "Dad, I've been doing some bad things. Come find me." All right, but if they look up into my eyes and say, "Granddad, you." You burned all those references. You just what are we going used to them and in, in, in just threw them into conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Willy nilly, you monsters! I mean, you, you got tr- some good laughs. I mean, you turned them into. You wasted them on dank memes. <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing now. Look at this meme. It's just a picture of a a fish. There's nothing to say about that. There's nothing left to say. <sighs> It'll be a real bleak, bleak sketch. I like it. Yeah, it's real a dank sketch. Real dank sketch. All right, we got guys. We, we got, actually we, have we, seven sketches. Far out. 
It doesn't Matt. feel like we've said anything. No, no, no that's that's how it but goes. But just wait till we that's go back. That's what death will it. be like as well. Right. Yeah, it'll feel like because it it really will. You'll you'll get to the end. You'll go because I remember my grandma at like seventy two telling me she goes it doesn't feel like I've lived seventy years. And I go, oh, I mean, definitely seventy two should feel like seventy. Yeah. Like you know, you shouldn't feel like you've only gone to like remind us. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> no, at least at least seven round down surely. Anyway, so our first sketch is the Terminator script was originally about a Kelvinator fridge. Then the execs got their hands on it. And then there's kind of the writer-director talking about how he was devastated by yeah. them just poisoning his script yeah. and just you know, taking away, I guess, the essence of how it was one fridge. And then in the second, epi- uh, you know, the, the sequel where the second fridge carrying all the soup or a microwave. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I don't... Oh, God. No, there's a full sketch in there. I, like, I, I don't d- doubt this one in the, in the least. That's beautiful to hear. Yeah. Number two is... Uh, it's a murder that has... That is considered less bad because of a good hat. It's <laughs> <laughs> so obviously the person who murdered them was wearing a good hat, but then also the person they killed was wearing... It's a really good hat, and and obviously it's the court case and the guy, <laughs> the guy clearly getting off. I imagine he. Gets now off. I'm just a humble lawyer. <laughs> I don't have a fancy law degree or a good hat. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I do. I don't expect you to listen to me. But I have dreams. I have dreams. Who and now here I've seen this hat. Hasn't wanted a good hat. <laughs> um. In my mind, that was all we talked about was the hat. Yeah, yeah. it was a big chunk. Yeah, yeah, but also, yeah, anyway, there's, there's plenty in that. There's so much in that. Three, it's a lawyer who decides to save a case by starting to wear a wig, which is the, in, in the tradition of the sort of the British tradition and the Australian tradition of wearing lawyers and, and mm. solicitors and, and judges wearing wigs. Well, this was all started by one guy who... Uh, you know, who had a very tough case, and he decided to make himself look overconfident by wearing this ridiculous wig. I believe there was a previous episode in which we 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 did have a scenario in which lawyers were getting desperate and trying like really weird defenses. I think the affluenza defense was like one of their real hail mary passes. Yeah. Um. So there could be there could be some recurring thing here, but maybe sure. not stands alone. Sure. I mean, like you know, I think that there's. There's a thousand and one courtroom sketches that can be made. Yes. Right? I believe the world has already created roughly 700. So there's still <laughs> roughly 400 available. Up for grabs. Uh, 401 available. Well, we're going to stake out our little... Yeah, and that's two. I think that's two. I think your math is not... a little bit there, Al. Yeah? 700. And then 401. Oh, there's 1,100 and... I said no. I said a hundred, one thousand. Oh yeah, you're right. I, you're look, right. My I, maths is way look, off. I don't want to. No, I regret. I, but that's what I meant to say. I meant to say eleven hundred and one. Great. All I don't know why. You know, I, I know it seems weird that I would go and pick such a strange number. Well, you, have you so picked it? But that's say. how many. I mean, that's, that's just how many yeah, there I are. I didn't pick it. You didn't pick no, it. No, absolutely. That's just how many courtroom sketches there are that can be made. Well, you know, they they have. Um, mathematically proven that there is an unlimited number of prime numbers. Yeah. Right? But 
similarly, they have mathematically proven that there's only 1,101 uh, courtroom, courtroom sketches. sketches. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, the further in you get, the more difficult they are to mm. find. Mm. Yeah, it's like, I believe Bitcoin uh, is um, sort of, which is pegged against prime numbers. There's similar uh, virtual currencies that are pegged against ideas for courtroom sketches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I believe... Uh, Again, that's a joke I think we've made on the podcast before. Really? Well, Andy, I have a feeling that you would have been the one who made both. <laughs> Just, but I think that, but, but it's a joke that I get, and I think that there are people out there in the world who are very starved of these kinds of jokes because nobody makes them <laughs> other than potentially Me. us. <laughs> and, I, and I say us because I want to take credit to be at oh, least somewhat linked Alistair. to it. You're in the team, Al. Thanks yeah. for wanting to take credit. That's right. Um... Number four is where I rest my case comes from. and it, it, Oh, I can't believe you wrote that down. Well, I know. I think that... that uh, when you say I've, we've got seven sketches, no, no, no. you really mean we've got... Andy, I know it's dumb, but it's, in a way, by, by increasing the stupidity. Yes. And the, the other two sketches are very stupid. <laughs> the previous two sketches. And I've written here that it is related to the previous two sketches. I believe that we're, this is an upping of stakes in great. how stupid you could be in one episode. Okay, great. Right. So, so this is something you're coming back to, and uh, I believe that that somebody doing this and attempting this as a, like a, as a as a courtroom sure. defense uh, would build, and I think that it would build into a rolling laughter. I'm because, so glad because each step is giving yourself permission to be a little bit more silly and uh, and the the audience has to forgive you. Permission to be a little bit more silly, sir. Then the five we got, uh, it's scrotum pouches off of kangaroos and, uh, and the way in which this, uh, this industry is very wasteful. Uh, it throws away the rest of the corpse. Uh, and then, but then there's a man who's coming in who's trying to find, you know, efficiencies in there where they could maybe be finding other avenues of making a bit more money obviously they're negligible amounts of money since 90 percent of the value of a i uh, like it but i i i I, for me i would also like to see that the this business which sells kangaroo scrotum pouches Mm -hmm. is already a hugely successful business yeah you know like this they are making billions perhaps they're one of the biggest companies in the world right um yeah, and yet this person is coming in and saying, "Look, that we could still do so much more." See, that's good. That definitely maybe they're almost it. like uh, on par with Google. Maybe you know, as as well as doing this kangaroo yeah, scrotal pouches, they're Apple, also investing in Enron or whatever, like the, some of the big oil companies sure. are. Scrotal, but, uh, but I don't. Yeah, <laughs> scrotal, <laughs> which sounds a lot like that that Kanye and Dr. Dre kind of title. That's what I was thinking of. Sorry. Title. Scrotal. It's exclusive on on scrotal. <laughs> But they're but they're also diversifying their investing in you know um, driverless cars and that sort of thing. They've got so much capital. But, but they're, so much yeah, capital. Their base thing is in selling sort of Australiana <laughs> yeah. uh, kangaroo scrot. <laughs> they have a big campus where everyone's sitting around in hammocks and bouncing on <laughs> hammocks balls. that are made of just scrot. <laughs> like or like I, I was picturing be, be, uh, bean bags that are all kangaroo scrot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then there's, of course, number six, which is uh, a scenario in which uh, it's the meat to the home. 
It's I'm really happy with meat this. Meat pipes. This is this is this is this is my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. And so thinking thinking just picturing how easy people's lives have become. Uh barbecues, dinners, other times that you need meat. Yeah. 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 You know, the dog. You're baiting uh you're trying to like bait you know, you're trying to feed kookaburras on the balcony. <laughs> Little b- balls of mints. Yep. Uh Worming, worming somebody who's like particularly infested in with worms. You know, you, I think you put a ball of mints near their asshole, and then <laughs> worms come. In. That's not that's not making it into my glossy government funded ad. No, okay. <laughs> All right, it is. <laughs> no, I'm okay if it doesn't. I'm opening with that. Yeah, on my ad. And then sketch number seven is... I'll still call Australia. It's like John Williamson putting down a ball of meat. <laughs> Sitting on it, taping it to his butt. Yeah. And then waiting for the worm. Taping it to a butt, waiting for the tapeworm. And to then come grabbing the tapeworm by his bare hand. And then just Wrapping yanking. it around his fist. And yeah. Putting it up to the camera going, cheese. That's it, like that. And just... <laughs> Holding it up into the sun, and he's just like, Australia. Australia. Meat to Matt's the home. Winking, Doing a wink, click, wink, a wink twitch. And then sketch seven, I think it's still underdeveloped, but it's the reference economy and how we're not making, sort of creating enough references at the moment. The 90s was really the time mm-hmm. when they were really put in the hard work, created a lot of the... Uh, material and uh you know the existing that sort of led to today's referencing but we're really burning through it yeah and the, our grandchildren well, I, I think i feel like within the last 10 years we've sort of really we've references the 70s 80s and 90s like we've used up several generations worth of, of references in you know such a short space of time yeah quoting the simpsons and seinfeld yeah yeah i mean and some of it is just like we've moved so fast up because we realized referencing was so good uh, you know, when we're talking about the 70s mm. and 80s and stuff like that. But then you realize that the people who are getting born in, since the 90s, they had no idea what happened in the 70s. And so we were having to bring our our references up to speed pretty quickly just yeah. to kind of include more people, mm. get more people referencing, you know, really grow the industry. I feel sorry for the people in the developing world who, uh, you know, have to look at us making so many references and, and realizing... You know, and and if we're trying to cut back on references now, they never got to experience those references, but they got to see us experiencing those references. Yeah, absolutely. We're asking a lot. Absolutely, but you know, we, there's no reason to be sad there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Keep us on track, Alistair. Keep it positive. Yeah, there's no reason to be sad. That People is... only ever say that when there's a reason to be sad. Yeah. No, no, no. There's no reason to be sad there. Oh, so don't feel sad. Don't think. It. Don't think about the people in the third world who are, don't have any references, references left because we used them all up. So, nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. So that is the episode for today. <laughs> And now that everyone's switched off the podcast, it's time for us to do some plugs. You, Matt. You, Matt. You, Matt, over there. You come from the podcast. Do go on. Hey. Yes. Which shares a podcast network with this podcast. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so good to be involved in this podcast network with you guys. It's really good. It's called good. Do Go On, our one. Yeah, it's called Do Go On. And we're, and I'm on it with a couple other people. 
much like this. I'm normally sitting in your chair, Al, which really? is interesting. Ah. My uh, co-host Jess is sitting in this chair, and Andy, where you're sitting, is normally sat in by a man named Dave. Yeah, right. He's kind of he's our pilot. He's our guy in the driver's seat. But well, not tonight. No. But it's a really it's a fun podcast, and if I people am like a, him, a big listener of your podcast, Matt Stewart. I love it, and uh, I I highly recommend it. And I've and I've started listening to it, and I've I've liked what I've heard. Both of those things are ringing. Ring can we find you on Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. You can find us on everything. It's oh me personally. You personally. Me personally, at, on Twitter is at Matt Stew. Now, Matt, sorry, I'm just going to stop you just very quickly. I know this is your plug, and yeah. uh, it's going really well. But I know while you're doing your plug, would you mind plugging our podcast as well? Yeah. Just because I know you have a lot of fans, so I think yeah, if yeah, you great. Would plug our podcast. Okay, great. Yeah, plug, be that great. Would probably be okay, really so my Twitter's at Matt Stew underscore Art, but. Yep. While you're tweeting at me, you should really check out this really good podcast. It's called Two in the Think Tank. Great. I Great. know that And one. two of my comedy heroes host it. And I can't believe I'm Fingers in the same crossed. room as oh, them. Wait. Alistair Trombley Birchall and Andy Matthews. That's They're like true. my comedy dads. <laughs> <laughs> I got two comedy dads. That's, that's and that's okay. Certainly okay. It's better than okay. Yeah. It's quite good. It's be- that's yeah, that is better than okay. Yeah. Only um, marginally, so but much. I probably could have gone harder than that. Thank you so much. No, no, no. You said such nice things. Thank you so much um, for being on the show. I'm, oh, what an honor. I'm at Alistair TB. I'm at Stupid Old Andy. And you can also find us on at Two in Tank. And you can also find us on Facebook. And you can do the ratings things. And you can... What you should do is do the ratings things. Go find this podcast on iTunes and give it five stars. Oh, that's really good. And find it on your parents' phones and give it five stars on there too. Yep. And download it onto their their, their podcast things and teach them how to podcast using this phone. I mean, this yeah. podcast. And, you know, if you've got some elderly relatives who are infirm, yeah. um, see if you can get power of eternity. Attorney. Or power of eternity. <laughs> power, uh, yeah. In a way, if you, look, if you've got the that. choice between those two powers, power of attorney and power of eternity, take I'm both. not going to blame you. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I mean, you're going to be around for a long time. You're going to need something to do. Okay, you guys. Thank you. And we, we love, love you. you. Love you. 